Welcome to the Are Your Hands Full podcast, a step-by-step parenting podcast for your Jewish family. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you have all been enjoying the recordings of various sections and chapters of the Are Your Hands Full program. Please bear in mind that it was never our intention to transmit the entire program to you from beginning to end, but rather to expose you to the highlights of the program. The entire program can be purchased in both written and audio form on the Hands Full Chinuch website or in any farm store where Feldheim distributes. In the meantime, we've also launched a special email and discussion series called Get a Handle on the Hands Full Program. This is a forum where you will gain knowledge and experience from solutions to other parents and educators' chinuch struggles. If you are interested in joining this program, you can sign on through our website at www.handsfullchinuch.com. I'm, not go- I'm now going to give you a few sample questions that have come up on the Get a Handle on the Hands Full programs just so that you can get an idea of what it's all about. Here's a question. My children are just simply at each other all the time. They scream, kick, smack, pin each other to the floor and generally don't allow each other to breathe All possible positive moments surely get destroyed by my children's constant desire to destroy each other. I simply cannot accept this behavior anymore. What should I do? Here's the answer. Your children's constant need to dominate each other is a sign, believe it or not, of the healthy developmental need for undivided parental emotional support. This normal need gets threatened every time another child exhibits signs of power, success, or satisfaction, happiness, or receives a moment of individual recognition from a parent. Remember to review the lessons on sibling rivalry that are found in the Are Your Hands Full book and audio book, which will surely remind you that as difficult as sibling rivalry is for parents, It is Hashem's amazing way of providing our children with a safe laboratory in which they can learn the crucial midos and social skills necessary to navigate their future lives. Please be sure to implement the INB, SWC, and occasional 72-hour mode methods during sibling rivalry moments. Remember that as long as you remain unfazed and maintain a neutral position between your children's arguments, They will learn to work well with each other and with others throughout their lives. Here comes another one. My active toddler started climbing out of his crib in the morning and roams the house before I wake up. Is this acceptable? And the answer, as you probably all know, is no, unequivocally no. It is unacceptable and dangerous for young children to be awake or roaming the house while parents are still asleep. There have been many tragic stories of child injuries in such situations. Shabbos morning is particularly dangerous because of hot blechs and hot water urns and crackpots that are left and flames that are left unattended. If you have not yet trained your children to stay in bed when they wake up early, it is crucial that one parent get up and watch the children who are already awake. 
You can train older children to stay in bed in the morning by connecting a lamp to a Shabbos clock. The clock should be set up so that the lamp will turn on at a time that is re- it is reasonable for them to come out of bed. Leave a water bottle and some toys and books at the foot of your child's bed so that they can be entertained until it is actually your version of morning. Explain to the children that until the light goes on, it is still nighttime in the house, and that if they should happen to wake up before then, they must remain in their beds and play. Be prepared to sacrifice a few mornings to teach and reinforce this lesson. The first morning of this arrangement, children will most likely come out of bed before the light turns on. Simply return them to their beds, thereby separating them from the out-of-bed state without comment. Remind young children who may have forgotten about the light once that the lamp is not on yet. Then continue to calmly escort them back to their bed with a gentle smile until the light goes on. I know you're giving up a couple of mornings for this. This process will take a few mornings of training. Often, after a few weeks or months of staying in bed until the light turns on, children actually begin to sleep longer and wake up later. Let's find another question. Here we go. What should I do when my child touches a toy that's mukta on Shabbos? The answer. First, let's rephrase this question as, what should I not do when my child touches a toy that's mukta on Shabbos? And the answer is, please, 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 I wrote it four times. Do not panic, scream, yell, shout, or behave behave negatively in any way. Do not tell your child that he's getting an Aveiro or that their bunch is going to be angry at him. Do your best to maintain a positive atmosphere during Shabbos, even if things don't go the way you want. Remember that the more children enjoy Shabbos and the more positive they feel about everything Shabbos has to offer, the more likely they are to keep Shabbos appropriately as they mature into adulthood. Now let's answer the original question of what should I do when my child touches a toy that's mixed on Shabbos. And the answer is attempt to separate the child from the toy using maneuvers that are permitted on Shabbos. Sometimes this is possible and sometimes it's not. And if it's not possible, then ignore the behavior. Most likely, the child will abandon the toy after only a few moments, which I admit will feel like a couple of years. But a discussion about how to present Shabbos-related concepts in children, to children will be covered in Mitzvah Shem in future questions and answers. Here comes another one. When I was a child... The thought of speaking negatively about my Rebbe or teacher never occurred to me. And I believe that even if it did, my parents would not have accepted my complaints. Now my children share complaints about their Rabbeim and teachers. How do I respond? So here's the answer. Fifty-ish years ago, children did not speak. Taka, they did not speak negatively about, negatively about any authority, not Rabbeim and teachers. However, we are now raising our children a little bit in frightening times when, unfortunately, abuse takes place in our chinuch meistas. Therefore, it is no longer acceptable to discourage children from communicating about what goes on in school. Sit down with your children and listen to what they have to say. Then, try to reframe the episode for them so that they can get a better understanding of what happened and regain respect and perspective for the authority figure that was in question. If a parent is truly frightened by what a teacher or Rebbe has done, a Rav or Machanach must be consulted immediately. On the other hand, 
It is every parent's achrayas to be a positive role model when it comes to discussion about rabbeim, rabbanim, rosh hashivas, rebbe, and other leaders in gedolim. Make sure that your child never, ever hears you speak negatively about such a gadol. Remember that your child learns nothing from such conversations other than it is acceptable to denounce and negate the words and ideas of an authority or leader figure in Klal Yisrael. So such unacceptable exposure will have a negative chinuch outcome in the future, and therefore you have to be seriously, seriously careful about that. Here's another question. How do I help my children socialize better? So here's an answer. The first and best way to help your child master appropriate social skills is to understand their component parts. These component parts of social skills are both emotional, that's the heart, and cognitive, the brain, and are the ingredients that will equip you to teach and discuss social skills with your child and apply them to scenarios that occur at home or at school. The main features of the emotional heart aspect of social skill development in children are, and you might want to grab a pen and write these down, replay it as many times as you need to. One, the ability to understand one's own feelings. Two, the ability to accurately read and understand the emotions of others. Three, the ability to take perspective of and feel empathetic toward the feelings of others. Four, the ability to regulate one's own feelings, even in the presence of strong emotional triggers. The main features of the cognitive, that's the brain aspect of social skill development in children, are, one, the ability to identify and label one's own feelings and translate them into language or other forms of self-expression. Two, the ability to recognize one's own ability. That's a huge one. Three, the ability to tolerate frustration, control impulses, and solve problems. Three very, very seriously important adult skills, eventual adult skills. Four, the ability to make intelligent and correct choices. And five, the ability to understand social norms and identify oneself with others. So I'm sure you recognize most of these components from the various scenarios that you have encountered while parenting your children at home because they develop in early childhood through relationships with parents and siblings. As children mature, your children's ability to apply these skills to an expanded social network that includes extended family, neighbors, teachers, and peers depends on how well they've been mastered at home. So it's for this reason that the implementation of correct parenting strategies that I've been giving over to you is a critical foundation upon which the components of social skills are based. But let's call a spade a spade. Despite effective parenting, children still experience various social difficulties when they interact with others outside the home. Children might be faced with blows to their self-esteem, bullying by others, and difficulties with friendships. It is during these difficult times that the 72-hour mode interactions and discussions with parents become lifesavers. Although I don't typically recommend books that were written outside the firm world, I would like to make an exception here and recommend a wonderful series of children's books 
written by Catherine Atoshi. These books describe social difficulties and offer solutions through an ingenious analogy to numbers and colors. So there are no illustrations in these books other than numbers and colors. It's fascinating. They're titled Zero. That's one. That's a book about low self-esteem, as you probably figured out. Then there's a book called One, and that's a book about standing up to a bully. And then there's a book called Two, which is a book about negotiating friendships. And when you open the books, all you see are colors and numbers, and it leaves the child with an open forum to imagine whatever they want. That's what I love about it. The author's clever use of the abstract numbers and colors to illustrate components of social skills makes these books suitable for most ages and culturally appropriate for our from readers. That's what's so beautiful. So take out the time to read and discuss the contents of these books with your child, apply them to your child's experiences, and offer emotional support when necessary. I welcome any feedback of your impressions of these books or any other questions that you might have when you hear this. In addition, review the discussions of self-esteem and peer pressure in the Are Your Hands full books, both Volume 1 and Volume 2, which provide insight regarding the developmental child and social skills. Here's another one. I am familiar with the 72-hour mode strategy in the Handsful program, we just mentioned it, which encourages parents to speak calmly to their children about various topics of importance. I have trouble knowing what topics are important and how to present them to my child. Are there any rules that I can use as guidelines? Okay, this is a great question. And the answer is, your difficulties are not unique for parents who are raising children during current times. The 72-hour mode strategy is one of the areas of parenting where actually age is an advantage. And the ability to familiarize oneself with some parenting style from years ago could be helpful. So I'm going to do my best to respectfully point out some of the ways in which old-fashioned chinuch, and by that I mean solid Torah values, can be combined with 5779-2018 parenting, and by that I'm referring to open communication, to create effective skills when interacting with your child on 72-hour mode. So here we go. Most people's initial perspective of an episode that occurs within their environment is based on an interpretation of how the episode impacts them. Some individuals can progress to an additional interpretation, which includes an assessment of how the episode affects others. But many people remain fixed and stuck on their initial interpretation, which involves only themselves. So it's been discussed that the reason for this social phenomenon might be a direct reaction to and a rejection of the character traits of the previous generations who grew up in either war-torn Europe or during the Great Depression here in America. Survival during those times was strongly associated with self-sacrifice, working hard, saving money as opposed to spending it, delaying gratification, and treasuring family and Yiddishkeit and Klal relationships. Slowly, these foundational social underpinnings were shed and replaced with self-gratification, which evolved into self-centeredness and eventual feelings of entitlement. So this self-prioritization, putting me first, 
unfortunately filters down into parents' assessment and interpretation of episodes that are triggered by their children. So the best way to acquire the responsibility and the maturity level that is required to be mechanach our children's behavior for the sake of their long-term development rather than our own comfort is to learn to construct a chinuch message for your child using the statement that's cited on page 32 of Are Your Hands Full, Volume 1. Make sure to fill in the blanks with the child's negative behavior and its underlying chinuch underpinning. Here's a statement. Here's the statement that you'll find on page 32. The statement goes as follows. I am concerned that my child did blank. This is where you would fill in the negative behavior. Because I wish that he or she would have known that blank. And here is where you would fill in the chinuch message. There are examples of this, clear examples, in the book immediately after page 32, page 33, and page 34. Now here's the hint. The chinuch message that you fill into this sentence can never be about you. So just to repeat it for the benefit of those who couldn't write it down quickly enough, the statement from 72-hour mood reads as follows. I am concerned that my child did blank, you fill in the negative behavior, because I wish that he or she would have known that blank, fill in the chinuch message. And the hint is that the chinuch message can never be about you. Here's another one. How do I teach menschlichkeit to my children? This question gets thrown at me over and over and over and over again, undoubtedly because we live in a world where menschlichkeit is disappearing rapidly. One way to teach our children about a concept such as menschlichkeit that is not easily observed in the surrounding environment is by defining it and understanding it ourselves. A mensch is defined as one who possesses a level of maturity, has a fully developed character, and displays refinement and tact. One who is a mensch is well-mannered, patient, and can exercise self-restraint even during difficult times. The word mensch in Yiddish is translated as ish, in Lashon Kodesh. In his Sefer, Haksav Vahakabalah, Harav Yaakov Tzvi Mecklenburg, in Germany, 1800s, refers to the Shirish of Ish as Yesh, which he defined as the ability to be consistent and settled. A mensch doesn't fluctuate. He remains constant and thoughtful and is therefore not impulsive. Now think of it carefully with children. It's not possible for children whose brains are undergoing daily developmental changes to master the level of consistency and thoughtfulness that is necessary for menschlichkeit. It is for this reason that children often behave in ways that disappoint and horrify us, regardless of the elaborate lessons we prepare for them about menschlichkeit. This concept is clearly stated in Bereshis, ki leif ha'adam ra v'nurav. So then how do we teach menschlichkeit? Although children may not have the neurological strength to sustain consistent and mature behavior, Hashem benched them with the keen and sharp ability to observe behaviors of others. 
Thus, if the adults in the environment behave in a mature, refined, consistent, and tactful manner and can restrain themselves from impulsivity and negativity, their behavior will not go unnoticed by their children. And although children might not be able to imitate the adult behaviors immediately, the behaviors that they observe will eventually emerge as their brains mature. One of the ways to cultivate your own menschlichkeit in parenting is to follow the hands-full program when you raise your children because the program ensures that you exercise restraint. It certainly does. It ensures that you exercise thought and consistency and general maturity, which will ensure that your children are exposed to correct adult behavior when they spend time with you. And as you follow through the hands-full program, you will realize, as so many others have, that a large share of parenting is about examining our own behaviors and our own self-growth. Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I am the director of Handsful, which is committed to the provision of community education in the area of behavior management and cognitive development of children. Send me your parenting questions by going to my website at handsfullchenoch.com or by WhatsApping me at 718-714-8595. I look forward to hearing from you. And remember, no matter how impossible things may seem, the Earth will continue rotating on its axis.